When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Entrepreneurship by Design with Dr. C. I'm your host, Dr. Caroline, and thank you so much for joining us today. Entrepreneurship looks different for everyone. How and why we start our business, challenges that occur, pivots we have to make, success we achieve, all while life is happening. That's why I love sharing these inspiring entrepreneurs with you and shed light that there's enough room for everyone to succeed and thrive, even if you're in the same industry. I am so excited today because I have Nicole Matheson with me. And Nicole is an Ayurvedic health coach and intuitive healing guide. After overworking for many years in the corporate world, she found herself burnt out and experiencing several physical symptoms, including IBS, irritable bowel syndrome, which she was told was incurable. Unable to experience effective healing from Western medicine approaches, Nicole was led to the sister sciences of yoga and Ayurvedic Ayurvedic, where she found healing on so many levels. And she's been IBS symptom free since 2017. Deeply transformed by this experience, she felt she left the corporate world and now supports others on their own transformational journeys through one on one coaching, tarot reading personalized rituals and consultations, Nicole guides her clients in overcoming self-limiting beliefs and behaviors to create a healthier, more meaningful life. Thank you so much for being here today, Nicole. Thank you so much for having me. Super excited to be here. Absolutely. And I'm excited to hear more about your journey because like we were chatting before, I'm so fascinated by what you're up to, what you've experienced, but how much you've been able to heal yourself and others as well. So if you could just walk us through your journey, how you got here (laughs) today. (laughs) Yeah, it's been quite a journey um, and it's still happening. Right. Um, But, you know, I guess I'll start back in um, 2014 when I was having some pretty serious digestive issues um, and went to the doctor. They ran a gajillion test and nothing was showing up as off. And so the doctor finally said, well, you must have IBS. uh, Irritable bowel syndrome, which basically meant that I was having they didn't know what they could do for me. I was having, they were acknowledging that I was having these digestive issues, but they didn't know what to do for me. He suggested, you know, a couple of different diets, which I tried. Um, One of them actually seemed to make my symptoms worse. Um, And he wasn't really a big believer in medication, this particular doctor, and I did not want to take medication. Um, But he told me it was incurable and it was really, it was so frustrating. I mean, I felt like I was too young to have something that couldn't be curable or that I could, you know, that I was going to have this for the rest of my life. And I was doing a lot of yoga at the time. And one of my teachers had mentioned Ayurveda, which is sort of the, the holistic healing system that is the sister science to yoga. And I happened to live near a school of Ayurveda. So they had this low cost clinic for some of their students um, to act as advisors. 
And I went and um, did, you know, they did a full thing on me and gave me a bunch of recommendations. Mm -hmm. And I started doing them and noticing that my symptoms were not as bad mm -hmm. and kept doing a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. And finally, I got serious and decided to work with a, an Ayurvedic practitioner. And I worked with her for about a year and a half. And, you know, as you mentioned in the bio, I've been symptom-free for over five years now. Um, and, you know, what was really cool about that was that I, even though I went to get healing for digestion, I ended up getting healing for so many other things, um, things that I didn't even know could be cured. Like I've had seasonal allergies all of my life and I don't have those anymore. Um, at the time, at the height of my IBS, I developed a rash. Um, and one doctor told me that I had this rash because I was getting old and my glands weren't working anymore, but I don't have that rash. I haven't had that rash for longer than I haven't had IBS symptoms. Um, and, you know, probably the biggest thing is, you know, since the time I was a teenager, I had issues with hormonal imbalance and I would have cyclical depression. Um, and uh, in my thirties, it got so bad that there were pretty much about 10 days out of the month that I felt like a normal human being. And the rest of the time I was kind of a wreck and tried some medications, wasn't really helpful. Um, but once I started adopting this Ayurvedic lifestyle and living this way, that went away too. Mm -hmm. So I just got healing on so many different levels. At the time I was working in litigation and um, I was just like, I can't do this work anymore. Like I need to tell everyone about Ayurveda to whoever will listen to me. Um, so I started creating a plan to move away from my job, get training as an Ayurvedic health advisor. I soon realized very quickly um, that I also needed to learn how to become a coach um, because you know, you can tell people all day long what Ayurveda recommends, mm -hmm. but what they really need support with is making those changes. And so that's what wellness coaching is all about is um, helping us deal with the, the beliefs and um, the behavioral blocks that we have to help us make the changes that we want in our lives. So that's the really long story of how I got where I am now. No, it's definitely been a journey for you. Yeah. And I'm sure so many other people can relate when you hear one, a diagnosis or saying something that's not going, you can't treat it, or this is the way. And I mean, I'm a firm believer in just whatever helps, <laughs> um, yeah. but also listening to ourselves. And if you hadn't listened to yourself or thought there was another way, or like, this can't be the final sentence. And I think that's right. so key. I know I have like a couple of close friends that have had different situations, but they didn't listen to maybe what one person said. They were still like, there's something else I can do to help this or whatever right. it is. Right. And I think it's just really speaks volumes when we do listen to ourselves and trust ourselves that there's another way. Like we don't have to have that as the final end all be all. And I'm so glad that you're here to tell that story today. Yeah, you know, that's so important. And it, I have to say that living an Ayurvedic lifestyle has really helped me tune in much more to the messages I get from my body, my inner wisdom. Um, so yeah, and that's been so important personally, but also professionally. Absolutely. And what does that lifestyle embody? So somebody who's never heard of it before, yeah. they have a little more understanding too. Yeah. So, you know, 
especially if you have a digestive disorder, the first thing you're thinking is I've got to change food. And so that was definitely a part of it. Um, so Ayurveda looks at everyone as having a very unique constitution. And there are certain foods that don't work for that constitution or that aggravate that constitution so that you'll have symptoms. Um, and so it's really about learning how to eat for you. And, um, you know, it starts off as a, a way of guiding you back to your body. So yes, there are like food lists. Here's what you should eat. Here's what you probably should eat less of. Mm -hmm. But as you start to go through this process, you start to understand how your body's reacting to certain foods and you really start to pay attention to that. So that's one aspect of it, mm -hmm. of the food eating for your constitution. But your constitution really determines a lot of things. It determines how well you're going to be able to handle stress. It's um, going to determine what kind of exercise you should do, how much sleep you should get. Um, and so it's, it's the lifestyle aspect is a really important part. Um, you know, sometimes just going to bed. I, I'm pretty rigid in my schedule. I mean, so I just went on a girl's weekend and got totally out of my routine. But I notice when I go out of my routine for a few days, I feel it. My body feels it. Mm -hmm. um, and so having that structure in my life was really important for me. And especially for my constitution, because I do have a lot of vata in my constitution. Yeah. Vata dosha is sort of the, they is sometimes referred to as the windy dosha. So mm -hmm. you can feel really scattered if your vata is out of balance and you really need that structure to keep things moving in a, a focused direction. Yeah. Um, and the other thing I really learned in my healing process is I could obey all the rules of Ayurveda, mm -hmm. but I got to this plateau in my healing and realized that what I really needed to do was learn how to manage my stress. Mm -hmm. That was key. Um, and so it, meditation was a big part of that. Um, and actually eating helps you manage the way you eat can help you manage stress as well. Um, but really that was such a big piece of my healing. Yes. No, I'm glad you brought up stress because I know you had experienced burnout as well. Yes. And what, because I, I've talked a lot about burnout on here because I experienced it as well, but I'm curious, what was that burnout experience like for you? Well, I think a lot of it did show up in my gut, right? Mm -hmm. And um, my gut um, having difficulty sleeping so I could get to sleep, no problem, but I could not stay asleep. Mm -hmm. um, but it was really just feeling like I was not here anymore. Like I did not have access to all of my gifts and I was tired all the time and I just did not have my, my drive and motivation. Mm -hmm. um, and it was really really distressing because I, that was something that I very much relied on. I do have a lot of drive. Mm -hmm. um, and when it's gone, it's like, oh my God, what's happening? Where's that part of me? I need it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, burnout is, can be a blessing because it's also yeah. a, a way to step back and look at how are you misusing your energy? Mm -hmm. um, because there really is, you know, if you look at your constitution, there really are better ways to use your energy um, and ways that you are using your energy that are totally going to lead you to a path of, of illness and disease. Mm -hmm. So burnout, when it, when it puts you know, the brakes on everything, it really gives you that time to reflect and mm -hmm. think about, okay, 
how do I really want to live my life? Absolutely. And to speak to that, what was your initial step with overcoming the burnout? Oh, if there was know, one step, I <laughs> there might have been the multiple. Thing. It's hard to find, <laughs> to think of what the first step was. Um, yeah. You know, I, I'd have to say um, really taking time for me. Yes. Okay. This was, this was a really crucial step. So um, I worked in litigation. I did litigation support for attorneys. Most of my clients were on the East Coast and I was on the West Coast. So I would wake up in the morning already feeling behind because they had been up for a few hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, the first thing I do, wake up, look at my email, email, you know, run to my computer, answer all my clients' questions or, you know, do a bunch of work. And sometimes it would be 10 o'clock before I did one thing for me. Mm. So um, one of the recommendations I got from uh, one of the Ayurvedic uh, counselors that I saw is, you know, to take some time, 20 minutes in the morning for yourself. And that changed everything for me because I realized that when I give this time to myself, I have more control over my days. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not at the whim of whatever attorney or client that I'm working for, um, who's demand, who's basically deciding how my day is going to go and when I'm going to be able to eat and when I'm going to be able to go to the bathroom. It's, it's really like, I could see the light when I started taking that time for myself, it was really, truly empowering for me. And I was like, okay, yes, I do have control over my day when I started this way. So it really just set the tone for my days and set the tone for my, my journey. Yes. No, that is so important. So key. I know I talk a lot about putting yourself on top of the priority list. And a lot of times we're not even on our priority list because like your example as well, it was immediately wake up and go versus taking that 20 minutes can be so crucial of even if it's just sipping a cup of coffee or tea or like just giving yourself that space before you get in that go mode yeah. as well. So I'm really glad you brought that up. Yeah. Yeah. And now, I mean, it's something that I do throughout the day. It's not just in the morning. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Key, very key. Just knowing what your body and mind need. And that's yeah. the beautiful thing too, of knowing when we are pouring into ourselves, it's going to make us that much better for everyone around us too, yes. not just ourselves. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. That is such a good point. I mean, I, I certainly realized how my relationships changed with my personal relationships and even my professional relationships when I started taking better care of myself. Yes. It definitely has that ripple effect. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I'm curious, as you started your business, what was the initial step to actually, I know you said you kind of gradually moved into it. You started learning more self-development and personal development, but what was that step of like, I'm going to take this to a business level now? Uh, Yeah. You know, I think initially I thought it would be something I would do in addition to litigation. Um, But the more and more I was working in litigation, I was just like, this doesn't feel right. I'm so bored or agitated. Like, I don't want to be doing this anymore. Um, And so I I found a, um, I found a woman that I started working with. She had a business model for healers. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I started working with her. And it was really when I started working with her that I, I sort of set this intention to make a certain amount of money in 
litigation and, um, and then really sort of just cut myself off. Mm -hmm. um, so it was basically giving me a cushion so that I could allow this other business to take off as I was learning it and creating it. Mm -hmm. Yes. And it's that gradual step because a lot of times everyone has such a different journey too, where they jump in or they right. take it step by step. And I think, no, there's no right or wrong way, but I, I love highlighting the differences too of how you right. can start a business because it's not always cut and dry. Right. Absolutely. And so I'm curious with your experience as you started to grow your business, were there any bumps in the road or anything? Oh my that, <laughs> the ups, downs, but more of the bumps. So many. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the biggest hurdle for me is that I had spent most of my career backstage making other people look good. And now the spotlight was on me and that was really difficult. Um, making that decision to, um, to put myself out there. And, you know, one of the things I was taught to do was to give talks, um, give workshops. And so, and I had, I'd been creating presentations for attorneys for, you know, almost a decade at that point, but for me to be able to give the presentation, it was just, I mean, I was terrified the first time I did it. I was terrified the first time I put out a video on Facebook. I mean, seriously, like having anxiety attacks around it and just like, oh my God, I don't know if I can do this. Mm -hmm. um, so that was, that was definitely the first hurdle. Um, yeah, I don't know if you want, <laughs> I could talk all day about the hurdles, um, yeah. but yeah. No, I mean, I totally agree with that. I know when I first did my like first Facebook live, when I started my business, I was freaking out, <laughs> freaking out. Like my hand, like my palms were sweaty. I was just like, yeah. oh my gosh, but all that adrenaline too. And it only gets better from there when we just start doing it. And I appreciate you being so transparent about your experience of the fear. There is true fear, yeah. but it's pushing past that fear because you were able to push past that fear. And how were you able to push past the uncomfortable aspect of it when you started putting yourself out there? You know, I think the biggest thing was remembering that I wasn't doing this for me. This was about serving other people and sharing this amazing tradition that gave me so much healing. Mm -hmm. And so once I sort of took myself out of the picture and mm -hmm. remembered, this is what, this is an offering. Mm -hmm. It's not I don't have to worry about what other people are saying because this is an offering from my heart. It was really that, that was at the heart of it all. Yeah. And that shines through too. Just when we do the work that we love and we're helping yeah. so many people heal from the inside out, especially if we had struggled with it prior as well. And knowing that there's a way, there's another yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And so I'm curious because you've had a lot of clients as well, but what has been like maybe one recent or success story that you are just like, oh my gosh, they really took the tools that you were helping them with and listening and also just doing the work um, to gain the healthy lifestyle that they created. Oh, wow. Gosh. Um, so many, uh, especially <laughs> because uh, the group of clients that I'm working with right now, mm -hmm. most of them came to me right shortly after the pandemic started. Mm 
And so there was a lot of anxiety, Mm -hmm. um, a lot of issues with digestion because of course they affect each other. Um, uh, One story, I guess the one that, um, because this client actually uh, just recently, she'd been with me for about two years, Mm -hmm. um, just recently decided she was ready to go out on her own. Um, she, um, so first of all, you know, from a, um, sort of a more practical level, she really just changed a lot of things in her diet. Um, and what was so powerful about her transformation is how resistant she was to so many of these things Mm -hmm. and, um, encouraging her to really explore this resistance. And that was what we, we spent a lot of time on is understanding why she was resistant to, making these changes. Um, and now she, she eats so much better for her constitution, um, and is just so much kinder to herself. Um, I really saw, uh, a huge shift in the way she was talking to herself, but maybe the biggest shift was how much she used to push herself at work. Um, Mm -hmm. she was just, um, very demanding of herself, worked a lot, And it was clear that that was how she saw her value was how much am I working? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, by the end, she really started to understand that not doing stuff is sometimes the most productive thing to do. Um, You know, at one point during the, so initially she was taking a year long course from me. And at one point um, there was some pretty serious uh, crisis happening within her community And she was just like, I think I need to not be in the course anymore because I can't really focus on the work. And I convinced her to, you know, please just keep coming to the weekly meetings. You don't have to do any work, just show up and be in the community. And um, later on, she was so glad that she did that because she understood that there was something happening on a deeper level, even though she wasn't pushing and trying to do things all the time and having these to-do lists and these goals, there was something happening on a subconscious level that was profoundly transformational for her and the way she was approaching her life. Well, I'm really glad that you encouraged her to stay because you're right. A lot of times, especially being in a group environment, a community, a safe space, you might not say anything or do anything, but just being in that presence, it hits yes. the subconscious. And that's exactly what I'm hearing too from you. Yeah. And- her experience too. I love that you brought up the compassion piece, like being kinder to ourselves. And that does affect our bodies as well. A lot of people oh my carry gosh, so much. So in the much. Gut. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> because I know we chatted about that earlier. Um, just like my dissertation was all about mind and body connection oh. and like mindful eating and being able mm-hmm. to really understand how our emotions play such a huge part in the gut as well. If we're not vocalizing it, not expressing it, not in a safe space as well, but I'm so glad that your client did have that. She had that opportunity to push through that discomfort of like, everything's falling apart. I can't do this right now, but encouraging encouraging her to stay and really just be in the community, be present. Yeah. And what you said about too, like we can be so productive by not doing anything, not saying being lazy, but being able <laughs> to just take a breath and give our honor, our bodies and our minds and having yeah. that rest period is so key with Absolutely. our overall health, especially psychologically, but our 
the impact of food and our emotions and how our presence is, our energy and the whole holistic aspect of it too. It's not just one yeah. entity. And that's what I'm hearing from you as well. It's it's everything, but really just being present to it can change so much. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I think another key point here is this idea that we, we, a lot of us base our worth on how productive we are. Mm -hmm. And that's really unfortunate because we, we are worthy regardless of how productive we are. We were born worthy. And, you know, that's a really hard lesson for us to learn. And even I struggle with it sometimes still, (laughs) Um, but, uh, but it's so important. Um, and a big piece of that self-compassion part, because we can be so hard on ourselves if we're not being productive. Absolutely. It's where our own worst critics sometimes yeah. and being able to really have a little more grace and compassion for ourselves. And you're right. Like I still do too. I have to remind myself and keep myself in check because no one's perfect and we're always growing, evolving, learning. Yeah. Things trigger us differently at different phases of our life, but not to judge it but acknowledge it and understand where it's coming from. So we can do something about it to ease the situation versus judging it. Yeah, 100%. Man, it's so true. But I have a question (laughs) around, I know you do tarot readings as well. And I always find that so fascinating. So for those that don't know or haven't seen any of the other individuals I've interviewed around that, could you explain what tarot readings are and how you use it with your clients? Yeah, yeah. So the tarot is a deck of cards, 78 cards that have symbols and images on them. There are two parts to the cards. There's the major arcana and the minor arcana. The major arcana cards really represent steps in a journey to self-realization. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other set, the, the minor arcana, represent different situations, life situations that we get ourselves into. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the readings are, uh, so all the cards, all the images are part of what Carl Jung called the collective unconscious. Mm-hmm. And so the way I use the cards or, and use a tarot reading is to help people understand some of the energies of what is going on, where they are in their journey, what they can focus on to, you know, overcome an obstacle or to get clarity. Um, so it's actually, I've been working with tarot for, gosh, uh, two, 25 years, I think now. Yeah. And, um, but I've never, I hadn't brought it into my coaching practice until the past year or two. Mm. Um, and I've just had so much fun sharing this with my clients and seeing how, how rich they are and how much they can um, really just sort of shift them. And what's great about the tarot is, you know, I mentioned these images are, are all part of the collective unconscious. Mm-hmm. So they speak to someone on the subconscious level. And that's really where the change needs to start. So when you're working with these cards, um, uh, so much can happen quickly. It, it's true. I mean, I've had some readings in the past as well, and it's just, it's so fascinating to hear. And you're right. It's that subconscious as the behaviors to make those changes. And like we were mentioning, when I introduced you about the self-limiting beliefs that people think maybe this is the end all be all, but there's yeah. hope and there's ways to change the situation. You're never stuck. As long as you are willing to put in the work and make those changes, anything's possible. 
Yeah. Yeah. And that's a really important point. You do have to be willing to put in the work um, because it's not easy. Um, But I have always found that the benefits and the rewards of doing the work far exceed the work itself. Absolutely. Because it is, it's being able to create that space for your clients, working with them through everything that you do and all the tools that you have. It's not just one tool. There's so many that you're able to pull out for each and every client that you have. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I've been enjoying this conversation so much, Nicole, (laughs) but if you could give two or three tips on starting your journey and what you've gone through that you could leave people with today before we get into the rapid fire questions. Oh gosh. (laughs) Um, well, okay. So the first tip I will give is it, it does go slower than you think it's going to. I think we get a lot of messages from business coaches out there that you can 10 X your income in 10 weeks. And for me anyway, I mean, maybe that happens, but I think in general, it takes a lot longer than that. And to just be patient and, you know, having that steady growth rather than expecting it to be overnight um, is going to help your, your ego get through this um, much more easily. Um, and the other thing I will say is if, you know, you, a fear does come up, like you're afraid of public speaking, like I was, take small steps and, and just do it because it is so worth it to get your message out there. Mm-hmm. Um, do the work, get some support um, to do the work and, and just practice because the more you do something, the, the easier it is. And sometimes even just naming the fear gives it less power. Yes. Those are wise words. <laughs> Great tips, Nicole. Um, so we're going to jump into the rapid fire questions if you're ready for them. Okay, sure. <laughs> the first question is who is your hero? Right now, I'm really feeling Dolly Parton. She's like, you know, you see so many people getting so rich and um, kind of losing themselves. And I feel like she's so amazing in the way that she hasn't lost herself and she just continues to give. She remembers that she's a human. She's part of of humanity and, um, and so willing to give back. Yes. No, she is incredible. Yeah. Definitely a great soul. <laughs> yeah. What motivates you to work smarter? <laughs> uh, avoiding burnout. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I've, I've felt that and um, it is, it is no fun. And it's, it's very hard to get back on your feet after burnout. It takes a lot longer than you think it's going to. Um, and so just making sure that I have my system set up and I'm taking breaks and I'm being kind to myself is so important. That's my main motivation. That's good motivator. For yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So if you were a superhero, what would be your power or powers? You know, I would love to just wave a magic wand and help people remember that they are not alone. They are not separate from the rest of humanity and, mm-hmm. um, help them remember that they are spirit too. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think when we do that, life just becomes so much more beautiful, it becomes more sacred and we start taking better care of ourselves, of each other and the planet. Yeah. 
Well said. <laughs> it's so true. It's yeah. so true. Um, if you could share a meal with four individuals, any living or dead, who would they be? Well, Dolly Parton. Of course. <laughs> um, uh, Sonia Renee Taylor. I don't know if you're familiar with her. She <laughs> wrote a book called The Body is Not Apology, is not an apology. And she just lives at least as far as I can see, very unapologetically. I, I love her. She has such an amazing spirit and courage. Yeah. Um, gosh, two more people. <laughs> um, you know, I'd really love to, uh, to have dinner with a pre-Christian, pre-patriarchy ancestor, um, mm-hmm. just to understand more about what life was like before mm-hmm we turn to a patriarchy because we we've only been a patriarchy culture for about 5,000 years. Um, And so I'd be really interested to see, to learn more about what life was like and how we might be able to integrate more of that into where we are now, because we're, we're not really in a great place right now. (laughs) Um, And the other person I would love to have a meal with is Joanna Macy. She is an environmentalist, um, Mm eco-feminist, uh, writer. Uh, she's, uh, she's done a lot of things. She's just, she's amazing and 93 years old right now and still like getting on zoom calls and speaking. That's incredible. Yeah, what a powerful great. meal. Yeah, totally. I don't know <laughs> if we'd be eating much. No, <laughs> just sitting around like the fire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Talk and chatting. That's yeah. that amazing. What is the most daring thing that you've ever done? You know, I have to go back to how this conversation started. And that was making the leap from my very successful, lucrative career in litigation and making the leap to do something that I I had no experience in at the time and just making that decision to, to do that and, and, and follow my heart. I think that's so key, remembering to follow our hearts, but trust the process, trust yeah. yourself, bet on yourself, because that's what's going to take you to that next step. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> what is the phone app that you use the most? You know, I decided I wanted to learn Spanish recently, so hmm. I've been using Duolingo a lot. Ah, that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good one. That's very helpful, too. Yeah, yeah. It's been fun. <laughs> Can you say something in Spanish right now? Put you on spot. Oh my gosh. Um, see, uh, uh, no lo quiero. <laughs> I'm like, I don't even understand Spanish really well. <laughs> I don't even know if I said it right, but we'll go with it. <laughs> yeah. Appreciate you. See <laughs> <laughs> you for a loop just now. But um, what is the last book that you've read? Um, I just finished a book called, oh my God, I think it's called Wild Mercy. It's by Mirabai Star. And um, she's talking about women mystics and how to live um, what they, what they learned, live their wisdom. Um, It's a beautiful book. uh, Highly recommend. Sounds like a very interesting read. Yeah. (laughs) So if you were to have a movie about your life thus far, who would play you? You know, so I'm often told that I look like Ileana Douglas. So Mm, I'm just going to have to say 
Ileana Douglas. Um, my husband is going for someone much younger. I asked him the same question. He said Margaret Whaley. Who, uh, I, I don't know her too well, but I'm yeah. sure she's a lot younger than I am. So I don't know what that says about my husband, but <laughs> well, I'm sure either one they could play, you know, multi multi characters. Right, in, right. In, you know? My younger <laughs> self and my current or older self. I don't know how old Ileana Douglas is. Well, you don't look old. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so what is your favorite family recipe, whether it's traditional or you just love making it together? Um, I'd have to say crepes. Um, it's sort of like what we would have on Christmas morning and Easter morning. And it's something we all sort of do. Like uh, one person makes the batter, one person is actually cooking the crepes, and then others are um, putting the, the butter and powdered sugar. Definitely not Ayurvedic, but um, still something I will eat for the holidays for sure. That sounds fair. It seems like you got a very efficient um, lineup oh, yeah. there. <laughs> oh, we sure do. That's good. It makes it easier for everyone. Team effort. Right, right, right. <laughs> so if you had to describe yourself as an animal, personality, style, type, what animal would you be? Oh, my God. Um, I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm totally blanking on this one. Um, the first thing that came to mind was a tiger. Um, mm -hmm. I know I can be pretty tenacious about um, mm -hmm. moving towards what I want. Um, yeah, I'll just say that, tiger. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I could see it. I could see it based off <laughs> everything we've talked about today. <laughs> So if you do have a day off, you're not seeing clients, I know you already pour into yourself, but what's your favorite way to spend a complete day off? Oh, going into nature somehow. I'm usually going for a hike somewhere in the woods or spending time on the beach. Connecting with nature is so rejuvenating for me. I, I hear you. I would agree. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So what is something an outsider wouldn't know about your industry? Well... I would have to say, so during the pandemic, um, it was very interesting to see what happened to a lot of people in the healing industry, yoga and just general uh, alternative health. Um, there was a big, you know, sort of rift between the people who didn't want to wear masks because they want to rely on their immune system. And then people who were totally okay with wearing masks and then the whole vaccination, non-vaccination, you know, very controversial stuff. Yeah. Um, and it was just very interesting, you know, people who you think have the same values as you um, being on a completely different side of the fence than you are on. Um, it was very unsettling and um, very interesting. I, you know, for some for some of us, I think it was interesting to be able to listen to each other, but I think for others, it was, um, it was just like, I'm cutting you out of my life. So it was, it was really sort of sad that we, um, that a lot of people in the healing community, that there was a, a it created a huge rift in the healing community. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. That's something I didn't know either. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
So you learn something new every day. Yeah. Um, but Nicole, I've been really enjoying this conversation with you. Just everything you shared with us today, just about your own healing journey and how you've really been able to help others heal from the inside out as well. And just knowing that it's not a one size fits all and just doing what's best for us at the end of the day. So I just want to thank you for coming on and sharing everything that you did today. Caroline, thank you so much for having me. It's been so fun talking to you and all your questions have been so good. Oh, well, I'm so glad to have you on and it, please make sure to like, subscribe, comment below. What was the biggest takeaway from Nicole today that you learned, whether it was just about her own health journey, burnout, everything else that we spoke about? I'm sure she would love to see that response as well. Definitely. <laughs> well, thank you, everyone. Make sure to see us on the next video. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.